Garage Live. Awesome. Sorry, I'm making Heath the host here before we actually start. Change I host. Think, uh, okay, great. I think there's, anyway, great. I think we're, yep. we're back. Yeah, cool. Hey, well, welcome to X Garage. Thank you for joining us today. We're talking about Judaism and they are, their, uh, uh, some of their arguments against Christianity. And Heath is doing a wonderful job. And uh, we're figuring out how to do the whole Zoom thing. So that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, What's funny is I, I work on Zoom every five days a week and I still uh, can't figure anything out. Uh, well, anyway, we are, um, yeah, we were talking about Daniel, the son of man, how um, it is uh, easy to show that the Messiah will, and it was able to be a, not, not just a uh, man, um, but that, calling him the son of God and a uh, someone to be revered and worshiped as God uh, makes sense from the Old Testament. Yeah. And, and even, even going through Isaiah's passages, when you talk about the servant who would come and establish yes. by his word, uh, eternal shalom and righteousness and therefore shalom, none of that uh, is congruent with the narrative of fallen humanity from Genesis three onward, where we're getting, we're gonna, and I'm kind of interluding to our next point where we're gonna look at his reason for rejecting Christian understandings of Torah. Uh, but this will kind of interlude from the Messiah to sin nature is that uh, from the very beginning, we see the fall and this corruption of the earth of uh, humanity and our relationships between God and one another, Cain and Abel, and and then in Genesis five we see and uh, so and so lived and so and so died and death and death and death in a sick cycle, and we see uh, the thoughts and intents of the heart are continually wicked in Genesis six, um, and then get, but God has favor on Noah and therefore Noah is righteous in his generation. So righteousness comes after God's favor, not as it's something in our own doing um so that's where the jewish interpreters would try to argue that uh well here we have noah righteous in his generation therefore there's an ability for humanity is not completely fallen um they kind of they kind of take kind of a semi-pelagian slash pelagian view which we noted in the first episode if you haven't seen that you can go back and listen to it um and basically pelagius just said jesus was an example and that we have the ability in our own faculties to live righteously before God following Jesus uh, Jesus's example and the teachings of scripture that's essentially a lot of the Jewish perspective although some Jewish teachings would have that more of a semi-pelagian view where we're uh, got we're corrupt but there there's ultimately a, an ability in our will to respond to the grace of God and um, but but that ability is in us without God's grace uh, and then God just enables us from there etc so but this idea that um, it can't be established because you have all the earth corrupt in Genesis 6. Uh, and then Noah has, God has favor. Noah then is righteous. And then right after the flood, uh, God then makes the declarative statement again in, in, in Genesis 11. And I think 9, Genesis 9, that every intent of the human heart is wicked. So he says it again, even after the flood. So it's not like the flood actually literally cleansed and started a new righteous race. Um, Noah was sinful uh, 
and that's what the prophet said. No one seeks God, no, not one. So I just want to make, we as ex-graduates, want to make that clear for our viewers that if you come across this idea that uh, somehow there's some, some, some grain of pure God-honoring, selfless, uh, a, full, a, a human that can from their will live out their humanity rightly before God and neighbor, that's just fundamentally not biblical. Um, that only comes through repentance and trust into Christ to have that. Anyway, so let's go into point two here. Um, although, so this again are this, this, what was his name again? Kaplan? Kaplan? Uh, yeah, uh, Kaplan. Kaplan. These are, this guy is studying in Torah and he's uh, knows it really well and translated it into English, I believe, or into another language. I think it was English. He was raised in New York area. Um, so, Although the Torah does speak of Adam's sin, it teaches that man can rise above it. So again, he's taking that semi-Pelagian view here, I think. Uh, many uh, Man might not be able to perfect himself, but it was for this reason that God gave us the Torah. Uh, yeah, it is absurd to think that God would give a Torah that was impossible or too difficult to follow. Why? Uh, and, <laughs> and, yeah, right. That's what Paul would say in Romans 3. Uh, yes, precisely why he gave it, to show that we need grace. Uh, and then live it out. Okay. In no place does Judaism teach that one can be saved from damnation by mere belief. Any true belief in God must lead a person to always follow his commandments. And in that latter statement, uh, of course, Christians believe that genuine faith results in growth. So that, and he's not, he, I'll start off by just saying uh, a basic understanding of the New Testament and the Jewish authors who are interpreting the Old Testament by Christ's authority uh, would never make that type of a bifurcation between faith and works. Hmm. Um which I think you can you, you noted some things with James, but that might be for another. Is that in this section or another section? Um, I think I put it in a different section, but okay. yeah, yeah, we can we can wait on that. I think. So what do you think, guys? Okay, so let's start here. Although the Torah does not speak of that, okay, so what, we this, can rise above it. Yeah. I don't. I don't this know is what, what he says. I, in contrast, he's saying this about Christian thought: man yeah. is evil and sinful. All mankind is damned because of Adam's sin. The Torah cannot save man since its many commandments make it too difficult to keep. The only thing that can prevent man's utter damnation in hell is belief in Christ. And his response was this section here, that it's not by mere belief. You must do works. Torah does save, basically, that you can keep Torah. That last statement there, any true belief in God must lead a person to also follow his commandments. While it's true that... Um, you know, we're to grow in sanctification in believers, and that's what genuine faith produces. Um, that that last statement just seems so uh, damning to me. Just just as like this, um, if if there's any point of variance between your your personal life and the law, that and and there and there's no way to like. Uh, Maybe, maybe, and maybe he's not really trying to communicate that that there's there's no grace when when you fall into sin, but it just it feels so like you better follow the law because your your salvation is dependent on it. Right. Yeah. Um, 
and what he's forgetting is, or he's leaving out, and he's um, not noting that it's Paul's Paul's and using using use of the Old Testament is that um, I think it's it's Haggai who has the righteous shall live by faith, which is Haggai's. I think it's Haggai. Um, let's see, I have it anywhere here. Our viewers, you can pull it up, guys. Uh, or Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I think maybe 2 4. Um, is that the righteous shall live by faith? And this is really Habakkuk's understanding of the law of Moses, particularly the book of Genesis, with who's the, who is the foundation of the covenant people for the Old Testament, which is Abraham, who was declared righteous by what? Faith in um, G Genesis 15. Uh, verse six, I believe, five or six. And he's declared right, it, the term there is to be counted righteous. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't by his, his, his works. In fact, this is before he even offered up his uh, son, Isaac, which James uses as an example of, of the faith that was alive in Abraham. So in other words, before he even did a work of the extent to which James confirms Abraham's faith, he was declared righteous. That's the whole point. And that's the, that's the link, I think, between even for viewers between, again, you, 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 there's various ways to interpret, but between Paul and James is, is saying that Paul's really focusing on justification, right standing before God is his primary focus in Romans. And he's saying that that comes by the trusting in Christ's accomplished work on our behalf. And that faith that trusts in the Messiah, which Abraham had as he looked forward to the promise of his seed, um, is that that was not conditioned on any work. But that faith that is genuinely in the Messiah mm -hmm. is a faith that actually begins to serve the Messiah. And, uh, and the, that righteousness was counted to him prior to law. Right. And apart from it. Yep. And that's why it's grace, right? Like, there's any interpretation of the term grace um, in the Old Testament that is conditional is just not an Old Testament interpretation of grace. And what I mean by that is uh, if grace is dependent on something in the creature, then it's not freely unmerited grace. It's not an uh, unconditional covenant. And God's promises were promised to Abraham no matter what. And that's one thing that the Jewish people will, uh, or interpretation will emphasize is that Torah will not fail. It'll be always. Um, that God is faithful to Israel. And it's like, yes, and that's based on the, the unconditional covenant to uh, Abraham, which did not require works. <laughs> um, that's what secured its eternality, is that God would fulfill the conditions of the covenant himself and the man right. Christ. Um, if, if we're saved by works, as, as you know, like R.C. Sproul and other reformers have always said, we're saved, we're saved by works, but not works of our own, the works of our Messiah, Jesus. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I think one thing I take up with this is, it says, it's absurd to think that's impossible to follow Torah. And if you look at the law and in the New Testament, quoting from, what is that? Is it Isaiah that Paul, you guys might know quicker. When he quotes, he says, no one seeks God, no, not one. All have turned aside, every one of them. Psalms. Yeah. He's, it's, again, these simplistic readings of the Old Testament, I find, 
that's not to be uh, rude or crass towards these individuals who have spent all their time in the Torah, but it just shows how they actually seem to be working in Adam's autonomy. Like they're confirming the fallenness of man that um, there's this propensity in us to, to interpret God's law in a way that puts us as go ahead. What? Yeah. It, yeah. Our propensity to read the scriptures and put ourselves at the center of it. And yeah. instead of a Christocentric um, reading of, of scripture, we, we put ourselves at the middle of it. And I know you mentioned, I was going to go over James two. Um, that's the passage, uh, James two fourteen through 26 is the, the one that talks about faith without works is dead. But what mm -hmm. we're, what's being talked about there, you have to read that. And the best cross, cross reference for that is Ephesians 2, 8, which is for, for by grace, you have been saved through faith is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, um, and then it talks about the works that God has prepared for us beforehand, before beginning of the earth and so so um we're we're saved through the work of the works of christ of of god through his death but then our salvation um is then evident and that's what that faith that works is is dead and this is this is a common uh sorry if i'm just going off this is a a common argument that Jewish people will bring against Christianity is to say, well, you're, you're, you're a, a, a religion of works as well. Just like, like Judaism, like you, you need to have works in other, in order to, to, to be saved. And, but uh, on the contrary, yes. Um, we, we see our, our faith by our works because, um, faith without, um, proof that it is that that Christ is working in us um, is no is no faith at all. As if we continue to read through through James, um, because because there there is no evidence of that. But at the same time, we are not saved through through our works, but we are saved through through Christ's grace grace through faith. And if we know what what who is the author and finisher of our faith. It is, it is Christ. And so um, he is the one who gives us faith and also um, is faithful to bring that faith to, um, to its finish um, it, through, through our final glorification in Christ. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. I actually, you um, bring me back to that point of, I think, really just good uh, reformed theology of, you know, to, uh, we're declared righteous by faith in Christ's work. We're made, we're, we're sanctified. Mm -hmm. Um, sanctification is completely distinct from, um, the work of Christ, which nailed us to the cross, condemned sin in, in the, in the flesh, in his death. Um, fulfilling, cursing us under the old covenant and we're dead, that's no longer binding. And his resurrected life and his righteousness enacted a new covenant. So we're under a new covenant where we're freely able to serve the Lord. So since we're in a new covenant um, and Christ fulfilled the old, we, there's, no, um, there's no other law for us but the law of liberty, as James says. And that liberty is that we're now free to love God and neighbor. The Mosaic covenant 
in itself, the commands therein were fulfilled by the one man. And in as so far as it it uh, regards us, they were also we we were condemned in that one man, so it's no longer binding on us. Um, I think that's the idea that he fulfilled it and enacted that new covenant. And then in that new covenant, it's it's that we're like you're saying we're we're saved unconditionally. Um, mm-hmm. And yet that unconditional love of God is what manifests itself in our lives in obedience and growth. I wonder, I wonder how they take. Um the the thought that the the patriarchs uh, Abraham Isaac and Jacob and Jacob's sons most of them broke parts of the the law that was going to be that would it almost seems like they, it almost seems like Moses was teasing this out um that that would be condemned under the law greatly um hmm. so like each each of them had um, they, they married, like their, their wives were their, their sisters or relatives, right? So Abraham married his sister, which, <laughs> um, which said, you know, then the law says, don't do that because it's uncovering your father's nakedness <laughs> or, or your, uh, your family's nakedness or something like that. And I think that was, that was, uh, uh I might be wrong, but I think that was punishable by death. Um. Yeah. And then, you know, Jacob's sons, they, they sold, they were, they were attempting to murder and they, they instead sold him uh, into slavery. But I think kidnapping as well would be punishable by death. Um, check, you can check me on that, but um, it, it, just, it just seems kind of odd that they, there was this interesting um, inability of the, that Moses seemed to be teasing out um, prior to the law being written, obviously. But I just I want I wonder what what their association with uh, the patriarchs would be, given the fact that they they didn't have the law. Obviously, they weren't able to to follow it to the same degree. There there, there probably were some things, some ideas that they had as far as what the the righteousness of God would entail and all that. But um, I don't know is that is that kind of making sense? I just want I wonder how would they they'd place those things. Yeah, yeah I think well, I guess it's a good. it's a common. Under- um, there's a common understanding, and that's why Paul addresses Abraham um, specifically in Romans Romans three is mm-hmm. is because a lot of the Jewish leaders during that time believed that that Abraham was a perfect man and that he was with no sin. Um, which, as you say, you look at Torah law um, and you instantly see that he is a liar, <laughs> that um, that he. Um, yeah, he's married to his sister, and um, there are multiple other times where where you see him him fail by even taking a, a second second wife and not um, fully trusting in God's promise to to accomplish um, mm-hmm. that. Yeah, His promise through him. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it really also is just taking it's it's a, any interpretation of any individual in the former covenant is uh as as somehow perfect is uh yeah like you just point out you, you're just not going to see it and that's that's the whole point is that the narrative shows the need for god's mercy his grace and that was the point of i think it's uh, moses's experience in exodus where is actually the fundamental passage where it describes 
how one is right before God is he, he does, God says, I'll have mercy upon whom I have mercy and I'll have grace upon whom I have grace. Because Moses is asking to see the Lord and how am I going to lead these people? And, 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 um, and the Lord is saying, it's not, uh, or, or show me your glory and whatnot. And the Lord saying, I'll basically saying, I'll reveal myself to whom I reveal myself. I will be kind to whom I will be kind. There's nothing in you. Paul takes that up in, in Romans nine. Um, this is also said in one of the uh, prophets as well. I forget which one. Darn, I got to get back in my Bible reading. Uh, but I confirm. Yeah, totally, Jake. That's a good good point. Um, should we should we go on to point three? Three should, should be quicker. Next. Yeah, let's 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 do three, and we'll close the episode. Okay. Okay. Um, so point three here. Uh, it is impossible to imagine that God would enter, or excuse me, it is impossible to imagine that God would ever reject the Jewish people. Except by divorce, places, right? In many, well, in the, <laughs> I just I just deny his idea that this is just such a hasty generalization that the Christian faith was that God rejected the Jewish people. Uh, Paul himself was a Jew. Um, in many places, the Bible clearly states that his covenant with them will be forever. Yeah, and that's true. Um, to those of faith uh so thoughts on this he he yeah. thoughts on this i got a yeah. lot to say about this one but just two things one one um the, obviously the christian response to this is is that uh, it's not like we don't have uh, a belief that there there's nothing for the jewish people also um, that the, the way that we see it is that the Christians are grafted into the, 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 the Jewish yeah. people. So it's, it's not like the, there's nothing for the Jews, but those who are truly of Israel are those of faith. Um, so there's, there's that. But then to say that like in terms of like the, the physical Jewish people, and there's, there's more to this than, than just saying this, but I think it's important to note that God does say that he gave Israel a uh, divorce certificate. And I, I don't think that's nothing either. Like I, I like there, there's, there's obviously more to say to it than just that, but to say that it's impossible to imagine that God would ever reject the Jewish people. Cause that's, that's an Ezekiel, right? The, the uh, there's a passage. I don't know if it's Ezekiel, but there's also a passage in Jeremiah. Right. And I think this is, it's helpful to note on that point, Jake, is, is why covenants is so important to understand mm -hmm. in terms of the mosaic covenant that God made with Israel. Yes. Um, there is a rejection of yes. anyone who is under that covenant. Paul brings us up in Galatians with Mount Sinai. Uh, and, um, and uh, what was the figure of Jerusalem? And that one is law and one is grace. Christ is grace and Moses's law, I think, is that was that the parallel? It's been a while since I read that passage, but going to it is 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 to say that if one is trying to keep Torah, they're under, they're in death. They're basically uh, they're unable to fulfill the covenant stipulations, and therefore they're cursed. And in that way, they have, by definition, failed to keep the law, and therefore are condemned to death, God's wrath is justice. And that belongs to all of Israel who still um, is identifying with Moses. This, this is and why so in that sense, it's they've already broken a law. They've yep. already been covenant transgressors. And it's like you said, signed, sealed, delivered. Um, you're dead. 
and that's why like go ahead it's important what oh that's a, that's why it's important that you know christ is in the order of melchizedek right so he he's he's not just a priest in the sense that he he fits into the law he he fulfilled the law we're not saying that you know he he just took a big marker and crossed out what the law said he fulfilled it but he he's the reason i brought up melchizedek is because that's the um abraham gave a, a tithe to melchizedek you know this this is a part of the the, the faithless covenant with abraham and christ is, is a priest under that covenant that we we are well in a continuation sense like this this is a new covenant obviously but there's there's a connection there uh with the the righteousness of abraham that was gifted to him by god and that that's what we're uh, a part of as christians and i i think there's a there's in a way a through this this thing it's it's like almost rejecting the fact and maybe it's because i don't know people people tend to to see themselves higher than others i don't know um but what is the promise that is given to the patriarchs uh through genesis I guess quoting directly Genesis 22, um, 18 or whatever, uh, through all nations, um, through you, all nations will be blessed. Uh, is this not include inclusion? And then you you have what in Matthew mm -hmm. 12, 38 um, through 42, you have the Christ talking about the sign of Jonah, which is not only a sign of of going into the, the whale for three days, but he talks about... Um, Jonah going and preaching to uh, Nineveh, and then he also talks about the, the Queen of Sheba also believing, and it's this idea of Gentiles also coming um, into the covenant as well. Right, yeah. right, that's true, it's good. So what Paul's taking up in Romans 9 through 11 is exactly mm -hmm. what we see given, even in, Mos in the Mosaic Law and all the covenants, like you point out with the unconditional covenants which are taken up into Christ, and even Moses, which Jake mentioned, Jesus fulfilled the law, and therefore he's the one faithful Israel, as mm -hmm. Matthew quotes in chapter 1, verse 11, I think, um, says that out of, out of Egypt I call my son, which is Israel in that context, and that is applied to Christ. And the idea there is that Jesus is the one who was faithful through um, all of Israel's history. Like, he is the one that is the... the uh, obedient son, the one who embodies Torah is Jesus, um, no one else. And um, if we're not in him, i.e. in his death and in, in his resurrection through faith, that is, he's God accounts us righteous by that simple faith that God fulfilled the law for us. Mm -hmm. um, that that enacts, that's the new covenant, that we're standing in grace, that God has provided salvation. So I, I think yep. to, to magnify that point before we close that you guys are both working off of is the continuation of Israel is the church. The term under the old covenant is kahal. Uh, the Greek translation of that was ekklesia in the, in the uh, Septuagint uh, translation of the Old Testament. That's carried up in the New Testament. The ekklesia, the church, the assembly is God's people, Jew and Gentile together in Abraham, as Paul says very clearly in uh, what is that Galatians chapter three or four, that if you're Abraham's, if you're uh, that the promises were made to the one seed Christ, and if mm -hmm. you're in Christ, you're in all the all the promises of Abraham are yours. Um, mm -hmm. So there, it's not like there, we, there's been a rejection. It's actually the remnant 
of Israel has always been and will always be, and they identify themselves by their faith in Jesus. I'll just read this one last passage. Um, uh, Romans 11.1, 1, I ask, this is Paul, then has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he appeals to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have demolished your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. He's regarding Israel and their unfaithfulness. Um, and Judah, I think, yeah, uh, maybe Israel. Uh, but what ha what is God's reply to him? I have kept for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed a knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. And the rest of that, chapter 11, answers all the questions to this point three. Mm-hmm. Cool. No, I love that, guys. Hey, well, let's uh, let's close out the episode, and uh, we will catch you guys next time on X Garage. X Garage, yo. Right on. <laughs>